It's Wednesday, July 22nd. This is Professor Mitch. Let's take a look at what's going on in the global economies and markets. In the U.S., things are definitely getting better. Auto sales are up. They're still down from last year, but we're running at a rate this month of about 1.2 million units, whereas last year we were 1.5 million units, but way better than the bottom, which was around April, May, when we were running at a rate of about 800,000 units per month. Not good at that point. At that point, all the car companies are losing money. At 1.2 million units per month, they're making some money and it looks like we're trending back towards 1.5 million units per month, at which point they're making a fair amount of money. Same thing is going on with single-family home sales. Homes uh, in May sold at the rate of 676,000 units per year. That's up substantially from where we were in March and April. It has continued, I believe, to improve in June and July. We'll see as these numbers get announced. Uh, but this is a big driver for our economy. Auto sales and single-family home sales are two of the biggest drivers in our economy. Without that, we'd be sunk. With those, we're starting to do a little better, and we see that in some of the numbers, which we'll go over in a second. A good part of single-family home sales, and frankly, even some of the automobile sales, are being driven by the historically low interest rates that we're experiencing in the U.S. economy. Mortgage applications are up 4.1% in the first half of July. Uh, it's about two-thirds refinancings, one-third purchases as people continue to de-urbanize. But you can borrow money for 30 years in America right now on a home around three and one-eighths percent. And there are numerous mortgage programs where you can put down as little as 5% or 3% or even zero if you're a veteran. So there's a, a lot of home buying going on. People are figuring out you can actually live in a home if you can afford the down payment for less than you can rent a, an apartment. All of this is being driven by virus. The virus is still here. It's kicking up in over 30 states. Part of that's because certain states are big on tourism part of that is because certain states just don't seem to get the the benefit of masking i think all that's going to get fixed as people start to deal with the reality of this virus until we have a vaccine and it is clear to me that a vaccine is on its way i feel very comfortable in telling you that i think by certainly december we will have a vaccine that will be available for free everywhere and we'll all be getting inoculated against this virus. So first quarter next year, we should see some fairly decent recovery. And because stock markets are anticipatory, they look out in the pricing mechanisms around six months, we should start to see that impact. And we are st starting to see that impact a little bit. Unfortunately, there is a big economic question underlying where we are now in the U.S. domestic economy. And that is the U.S.-China economic relations. It ain't good. We just closed the Houston embassy in, in, for China. We're not sure why. We haven't been told. I suspect that news will leak out or the reason will leak out. But that's not a good sign. China will definitely retaliate 
they're going to have to in order to save face. So this problematic relationship we have with China that started off with some tariff issues is now escalating into a full-blown political issue. That's unfortunately in the short run not good for the U.S. economy, but in the long run it might be really good. And we'll, again, we'll go into that in a second. But what it's done is it's made investors a little wary. So the the issue now translates into investment policy or strategy, and it appears as if investment strategy today is still sort of what I call a barbell or dumbbell theory, which is take some risk and offset it with riskless or much lower risk investments. We see that in the price of gold. Gold was at 1507 in March as we were starting to understand how bad this virus is. It's now trading at a, around 1850, 1860 an ounce. It's up from 1700 an ounce a month ago. People buy gold as a safe haven, we've, as we've discussed. The reason that gold's edging up is not the U.S. economy. It's the U.S.-China relations. As the world starts to look at the impact of U.S.-China relations, and by the way, the Eurozone-China relations, gold will continue to edge up because it is now, in my opinion, decoupled from the economic impact of the virus and is now focused on the economic impact of the political unrest. So gold is going to continue to edge up, and I wouldn't be surprised to see it finally hit $2,000 an ounce unless U.S. and China kiss and make up pretty quickly, which I don't think they'll do. Oil continues to rise, though it's been trading in a fairly tight range. It's $41.50 in the U.S. It's $44 in Europe. I thought it would be at $45 a barrel by now, but I do believe that in order for us to have true economic strength in this recovery, we're going to have to see oil at $50 a barrel. At, at the current prices, some oil companies are profitable, some are not. At $45 a barrel, all oil companies would be profitable, though some only marginally profitable. And at $50 a barrel, all oil companies are profitable. So I think we have a natural tendency to go back to $50 a barrel. We're going to get there. It's just a matter of when. At the same time, sovereigns continue to do really well. They do really well because, again, of the barbell or dumbbell investment strategy. The U.S. 10-year is now at 0.6%. This level of interest rate, given how much we're borrowing, is amazing. But it just shows you how much faith there is in the U.S. economy. And that's translating to other credits, the more even the more riskier credits, like a Brazil who can borrow money still at under 7%, Mexico under 6%, is also translating over into Europe, where there are much lower yields. The good economies are all able to borrow at zero to negative yields. Remember, negative yields are where you give me your money and I charge you for taking your money and I give you back a little less money instead of a little more money, which is normal if I'm paying you interest. But even the troubled spots in Europe are trading very well. Greece is 1.1%. Italy's at 1.03%. Spain is at 0.33%. So there's still good interest in sovereign debt because it's a great place to store liquidity if you're worried about taking too much risk. And the Eurozone clearly has problems. And by the way, you can see this even over in Asia where India can borrow under 6% at 5.82%. 
But as I said, the Eurozone's got some problems. We've got some political issues. The political problems, I believe, are going to now become the driver <clears throat> for a lot of investment strategy, and we'll see that over the next couple of weeks. But U.S. stock markets continue to, to do fairly well. They're not doing great. They haven't broken out on the upside yet but they're doing fairly well. The Dow is about even on the year. It's at 26.9. It has to get to 27,000 for it to be even on the year. The S&P 500 is up 9.3% on the year at 32.63. And NASDAQ, the world's best performing stock market, is now up almost 30%, but it's starting to slow down a little bit. It's at 10.664 because just this only so far you can drive the price of these new wave new business stocks even the new york stock exchange has recovered dramatically it's only off 4.6 percent at 12.5112 but the new york stock exchange will not recover until the automobile companies recover until hospitality industries recover including the airlines um, those sorts of companies trade on the new york and Right now, those industries are still subject to a lot of economic pressure. There's still a lot of problems in hospitality. There's still some issues with automobiles, though I think those issues will get solved as we move into the fourth quarter. So uh, we have to see, and of course, even the oil companies trade on the New York. So we have to see how all this plays out. And I think it will play out positively, but it may take us into the fall to, uh, to get there. Europe, unfortunately, is an dis economic disaster. The economies were weak to begin with. England has officially left the EU. They're starting to, trying to stand on their own economically, but they're a little wobbly. Um, the FTSE is off uh, almost 17% on the year. The CAC in France uh, is off almost 10% at 5047. Uh, even, even the DAX in Europe, in Germany, um, is uh, is up 6.6%, but it was up substantially more on the year. So what's happening now with Europe is that the concerns over Asia are starting to get focused into the European stock markets. The summary of all this is we need a vaccine. It looks like it's happening. We have to continue to recover jobs in the U.S., and we'll see what happens. The job reports coming out. I mean, clearly we're creating jobs, which is a good thing. Some of that's the impact of our negative relations with Asia. Uh, jobs have to continue and we have to figure out what is the answer on U.S.-China politics because it's going to have a major impact on consumer goods and it's also going to have a major impact on education, which is an industry that's really feeling the stresses of this current economic environment. Lots to talk about. See you next week.